from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Welcome to Friday. We are Roxanne and Ace. Hope you are warm wherever you are. It has been uh, quite little uh, Arctic chill for most, uh, especially across the South, but I think just about everywhere. But uh, thanks to my brother's cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making this week possible. So glad to be back. How how was your icy roads? Did you have a whole lot of issues? Listen, we had great food and I was seated under a blanket looking out my window at gentle puffs of snow falling, thinking I have nowhere to go. This is glorious. And after all those years of news reporting and getting after it and sleeping on the ground and free, freezing cold radio stations yep. and climbing up hills and wrecking during the middle of ice reporting, which I did, and all that, the peace, wow, it was a gentle change, a welcome change. How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I, I did feel bad watching people post videos of them putting their kids on an icy slope in their subdivision on a sled that their thinking is going to function like snow and stop them at some point, not to realize that ice and snow function differently and they pick up momentum. <laughs> and when they slam into the neighbor's car, <gasps> you know, I mean, I, if I saw one, I saw probably 20 and I'm, and, and as a dad, I, I like it bothers me that you didn't even think about the matter of science and, you know, the least resistance. Right. It's a, you know, even one I, one video I saw of a dad where he put his daughter in his lap and she's like, are you videoing? She's like, you know, because she wants to capture it. Right. And he's so <laughs> focused on the video. He doesn't realize he's going into an embankment that then puts snow all in his daughter's face. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my, like, let's just think, people, let's not. Like I'm, I'm not about, you know, helicopter parenting. I want my kids to have fun in the cold, but still think safety before, you know, just cause it's white doesn't mean you should be sloping down it. Well, you and I have the advantage of, we both lived in Michigan. I was born in Minnesota. I went to college in Chicago. So we have experience with it. Yeah. Walking in it. My dad had a big toboggan and boy, they were funny. We'd line up all of our us kids in it and go, sw I can't even believe how, if my mother saw that, <laughs> how fast a toboggan is with four people going down a steep hill. I mean, wow. you're flying, but that was back when we didn't have to videotape everything. I'll admit now I'd have been hanging out. I'd have been. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe there's no video evidence of our idiocies and everyone <laughs> else is just capturing theirs. And so we have room to judge, but hey, it's like, I didn't. Did you see me do that? No. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully everyone's well, now we safe have and warm. Videotape evidence of everything. And, you know, I'm not interested in the Emmys because I don't know a lot of the actors that are on some of the shows that I don't care to watch. However, I told you I do watch for outfits. Yeah. And so there was an actress that had a straight pin. You know, if you sew, it's a pin that's not a safety pin. It's just a large instrument that you could stab things with. Mm -hmm. So here comes this actress in her yellow outfit with a straight pin that started over one breast and went out over the other one. And it was part of her dress. And mm -hmm. all I'm thinking is the way I hug people, I would have maimed everybody that had been a bloody event. Right. And I, I would say it looked ugly. It didn't. <laughs> but it wasn't something you wanted to encounter yeah. up close. <laughs> 
No, and I always wonder, like, I'm I'm always mindful of, please don't let there be a wardrobe malfunction, because even, even <laughs> if you can walk across a red carpet with no problems, you get excited because one of your fellow actors or actresses wins, and stuff starts popping because you're jumping and, like, just let's think about these things ahead of time, you know, or have someone with you that you're like, hey make sure I'm good. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I would just be like on wardrobe patrol, like, okay, all right, babe, watch out. No, don't jump too high, you know, <laughs> be good. Another weird thing that happened is here's very elegant, wonderful actress, Claire Danes, very serious actress. And there's this green painted demonic goblin-like thing walking behind her. And I'm like, does anybody, it's like the bear that walks through and nobody seems to notice. I'm like, does anybody notice the green goblin thing? Yeah. A very scary thing. Well, an actress just did that to get attention. Her name's Poppy something. It worked. But what was wild is people really did not know who it was or yeah. what she was doing. <laughs> I, I and, and I'm sure it's one of those things where depending upon how much you had drink had drank before you came to the party. <laughs> Might indicate, hey, if I admit that I see a green woman in a dress, is that going to like they're going to escort me out? <laughs> what if she's not really there? You know, so That's where I was thinking. It's like, OK, you see her. OK, good. I see her, too. So you and I both love Suzanne Summers, you know, part of growing up with Suzanne Summers. And there's a lot to admire about her. She passed away after a long battle with cancer. And she and her husband, her wonderful husband, were married for like over 50 years. Something has happened. He was determined, Ace, not to believe in an afterlife. Now he does. You want to know why? Her favorite bird is a hummingbird. Somehow one got in the house and landed. If you know hummingbirds, they don't really land very well. They kind of dip down and dip up. Right. The hummingbird, her favorite bird, went to a photo of the two of them and lingered and then landed. He was like, Suzanne, then, then, with no prompting, her favorite musician, which is uh, classical, unknown to everybody, only to her and them, private, mm -hmm. started playing without anybody turning on anything. He's yeah. sitting there and her music is playing. And he was like, okay, something is going on. Now, I'm not, I wish it were heaven that he had a confession that he got to Jesus. And I don't know if people from heaven yeah. talk to us or not, or even what we're doing. I think they're busy having fun in heaven. But he now telling everybody in sight there is an afterlife. Mm. That's great. I mean, and, and to have that moment because... Now it allows for there to just be that spiral because other people may have also had that same experience, you know, and really, well, when I lost my spouse, that you know, da, 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 happened. And so there are those like, and it lets you know that they're in a better place. You know, there's always that, you know, well, what happens after you die? And it's, if nothing else, just to have the peace of, I don't know what's there or what it looks like or feels like, but they're at peace. They're at one with, you know, where they're supposed to be. And, and, and I love it. And, and it, it gives me all the feels because I think if nothing else this year, as we learn to be kinder and more compassionate to people who have gone through some things, hoping that they will also be kind when we're going through some stuff, but it reminds us that we're all spiritual beings in a physical world. And we have to pray in that way. And we have to love in that way and live in that way. So 
I love that he had that. I will say this. I don't know if you, not a lot of people probably care much about the playoffs, but you and I talk a lot about the whole uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, like that whole, everybody's all over that, right? But can I just say how much I have become a fan of the brothers? Because yeah. Jason just announced that he's retiring from the NFL. And I didn't know this until the story surfaced, but um, Travis wears the number 87 because that's the year his brother was born. Oh, and, that's so cool. And their connection and and their journey. And 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 for those who remember when they played in the Super Bowl, one brother won, one brother lost. And then the mom, I love watching mom because she goes from consoling the one son to then celebrating with the other. And so every time you see her on the sidelines, no matter what show, you know, what what game she's at, she's there knowing what her role is as mom. I'm here to support my boy, you know, and and. Say what you will about the whole Swifty Travis thing, right? It, it it is what it is, but I love that brotherly connection because I mean, my brother and I, no matter where we are, or what we do, when we're together, we it's like the conversation only pause. Like it's not a like we 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 love each other that way of like you live your life, you do your thing. Hey, go get them, brother. And then when we're together, it's like old times. So I if if you're only watching the playoffs for the off field. Watch that part of it because <gasps> while Jason's really out of cool. it, at least Travis can enjoy it a little bit. Well, he had like 17 seasons, so it's a big thing to celebrate. Yeah. But the real breaking news about this whole romance, sources say that they're going to get engaged this spring, that they're planning on it. Ooh. Not not on the field after they win the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know he's going to find a really cool way to propose that has nothing to do with football? I hope. Oh. I would think, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it is Taylor Swift. I mean, you got to do. You can't just do it. You can't put her name on the jumbotron. It doesn't work like. Like, be really romantic. Yeah. What is the route to a successful life? This is so good. Oh, this really made me think. Do you know that the Bible does not call the devil the enemy of all success? It does not call him the enemy of all health. It does not call him the enemy of peace. What does it call the devil? The enemy of all righteousness. We find this in Acts 13, 10. Because the devil knows that righteousness is the key to your victory. What are we talking about? What is righteousness? It is a right standing with God. Mm -hmm. How do we get that? The moment we say Jesus is Lord, you're my savior. I know you died on a cross for me. You are in right standing with God. The devil tries to confuse that simple point with all he tells us, well, you're not good enough. Well, everybody usurps your, usurps your authority. Well, why did you do that thing? Well, you'll never change. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to? And then, then we go into the whole thing. Why'd you drink that? Why'd you eat that? Why'd you say that? You know, what he wants to do is steal from you. And we know that from scripture too. Yeah. But the very thing scripture says is the devil is the enemy of righteousness. So if we know that we already have righteousness, we did that when we chose Christ and he chose us. He did what he did on the cross to save us. Amen. Then we're set free from a lot of things that the devil wants to accomplish. Yeah. 
Well, and I think in understanding the fact that when you are in a pursuit of letting Christ be the model for your own behavior, then you are also, it's kind of like having a brother or, you know, a mentor or someone that you would lean on in the physical world that you go, Hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And then when they speak and go, well, when I had that same decision to cross at that point in my life, I chose this and this is what happened. So I wish I had gone this way. So that's why we consult God the way that we do. That's why we lean on Christ the way that we do so that in our behavior, it's not in, am I as good as the other Christians in church or my neighborhood or whatever, small group, it's, am I as close to Christ-like as possible? If we're to be Christ-like, we have to pursue after him. What would the whole, what would Jesus do is not just a mantra. It really should be our way of thinking of going, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Absolutely. Amen. Well, a guy who makes a lot of right decisions. I mean, I'm so thankful today in the ice storm snuggled in my house that this house even happened. Mm. I'm forever thankful to Teren Newell of Birmingham Mortgage Group. Yeah, he's now taking care of families in Florida and Alabama. So whether you are looking to move, you're looking to refinance, you've just even been thinking what size house could I afford? He's got ultimate programs that are going to make a big difference in helping you not only get into a house that you can afford, but he's also going to help you to be able to pay it off quickly because these special programs are ones that he has found specifically for his families. So find out more if you want to set up your appointment this week. Easy to do, 205-259-1656 or just go to behammortgage.com. Trainers to the stars say, as we're trying to get into shape, everybody I talk to right now is either dieting or working out or both. Yep. They say, really, we've made it too difficult. There are simple things to remember to make getting fit easier. Do about 7,500 steps a day. At one point, we heard it was 10,000. At one point, we heard it was five. If you can get in your steps, that's really going to help. Don't forget your fiber. Mm. Those under 55, the incidence of colon-related colon rectal cancer are up. We have got to take care of fiber. Make sure you consume it. And, of course, don't drink uh, to excess. Don't smoke to excess. You know, just by doing that, you will decrease your chance of colon cancer. My grandmother died of that, and that is not the way you want to pass away. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, and I've even in years of I've got friends who are health food experts and I've asked them, you know, what what do I just do if I know I'm not going to get to work out? What what should I be eating and not eating? And it was all, of course, you know, processed foods. I knew that. But they were like, just make sure your meals are high protein, low calorie and there's high fiber. And just in doing that, even on the days when I'm not working out or getting the kind of steps that I should, I know that at least, you know, go for the apple versus the cheesecake, you know, that <laughs> yes. so no, I know it's a no brainer, but it's, you know, as so for someone who has a sweet tooth, which will probably be what I give up for Lent is to try to cut back. Cause I went nutso during the holidays and I cannot like, Ooh, we still, we still got Christmas cookies in the cookie jar, <laughs> yeah. you know? And when everyone else is like, that's stale, like, uh-uh, you just dip it in your coffee. It's good. You know, but I, it's one of those where I easily will run out of, you know, I'll, I'll I'll go get a box of Malamars just because they're on the shelf and, you know, got to be wiser about that. I'm with you. I get it. Well, one thing that could help us in the future, I get all excited about where technology is going mm. there. They have developed a pill. 
It's not available to the general marketplace yet that you can swallow. It's fairly large, but you can do it. That will measure your heartbeat and will tell doctors about your insides, your breathing rate, your core temperature, things about your stomach, things about your heart, things about your muscles. Hmm. And the first thing I thought was, uh-huh, that's this is me. That's the government trying to check me from the inside. They can tell where I'm at because they I've swallowed their teeth. Right. You know, no, what's cool about it is it comes out, it biodegrades. So it's not like like I don't want them implanting things in me where they sure. can, yeah. But this comes out and yeah, this will blow your mind what it too. 88% of the folks that are overdosing from opioids in this country are alone when it happens. Now, Narconon, you can come along and bring it back. But if you're alone and nobody knows, guess what the pill, what they think they'll be able to do? If you have it in your tummy and you're in crisis, it can tell authorities wow. and save you from an overdose. Here it is right here. Super exciting stuff. Hmm. I mean, you would think by now with, you know, you know, Apple watches and Fitbit stuff that that could like you don't have to go internally to know when either I'm healthy or in, in tragic mode. But, you know, I don't know. I'll be curious as to what the going rate of people are in taking it, because, you know, everybody's so, you know, conspiracy theorist anyway. But um, the benefits there might outweigh what we think is the control factor. <laughs> I, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm just leery. But again, you know, I am one of those conspiracy theorists, you know, but you know, <laughs> I'm waiting for them to go, hey, guess what? You know, the thing about the aliens, it's true. We've been covering it up the whole time. Like those kinds of things. I'm just waiting for just like somebody to just open the door and all these secrets come flooding out. So, well, they're saying that there were aliens at a mall in Miami and people caught grainy video. But I'm thinking that's the time when your camera goes grainy when right. you're pointing it toward an alien. Why is that? Yeah. Why is the Google camera with the, you know, the eight pixel million, whatever? Why is it not, you know, immaculate <laughs> where you go? Ooh, I got all the way up to the wart on his cheek. <laughs> that's what I want. So I think this is so interesting. A pastor was asked, what is he thinking about when he preaches? Like, is he upset when people are sleeping? Is he mad when he hears crying? Is he, I mean, what's he thinking? And I think this is so funny. He says, we're really not, we're just trying to focus on our message. This guy says, if you don't hear any crying ever, your church is dead because it has no children in it. Right. So he says the crying doesn't bother a pastor. He never notices somebody going to sleep. And he said, you know, he's faced with some weird stuff like fire alarms going off, you know, a phone going off that sounds like a bomb because the person's in the front row and then they can't find their purse and it keeps ringing. Right. He can hear that, obviously. But he says he really all that doesn't get to him. What do you think when you're? I got to ask you this as a worship leader. Yeah. You're just, I mean, it's a beautiful, soft moment and someone does something crazy. Yeah. Doesn't that kind of mess with the mojo of the moment? It can, but I, I'm of the mindset. I tr a lot of times, depending upon the venue, you may not even be able to see the crowd. So, cause the lights are in your face or the house is so dark that, you know, it allows for that intimacy for us 
you know, as we're performing the song, but leading people in that song. So I try not to get too hung up on facial expressions or if someone has to suddenly dart out, you know, I mean, stuff, you know, life is going on. Life happens. You might get that call or, you know, you might have ate a bad burrito. I don't know. There are things that are going to happen <laughs> that can disrupt the service, but not to the point that it's, you know, it's not surprising to God. He's not like, well, so-and-so didn't pay attention. Start over. <laughs> You know, they, you know, they didn't get the point. You know, I mean, it, the, the the nugget that's going to stick is going to stick based on where each of us is as we're hearing the message. So a lot of the stuff that he was talking about that can happen, it does happen during worship. So I totally could identify with you just have to let it roll because even as a performer. You you can make a mistake or start in the wrong key or, you know, play the wrong tempo. I've had many times my wife will t touch me on the shoulder. She'll go too fast, baby. And I'll go, Oh, sorry. And oh. I'll just stop because, because sometimes adrenaline gets to going, you know, and the Holy Spirit's moving. You're like, one, two, three, four, you know, and it's, you know, it's that whole, you know, wonders moment where you're like, that's too fast. That's too fast. You know? <laughs> so, you know, things are going to happen and you just have to let it roll. You, you, whether you're a pastor, worship leader, or a congregant, you just have to go with it because the spirit's moving no matter what. And pour yourself a cup of the Roxanne blend and troubles like that little irritants, they tend to go out the window because, well, it's relaxing. It smells wonderful. It has pecan mm. and it's a special blend that just makes you feel warm and happy. And it sends missionaries for Jesus all around the world. The cost of that little bag is almost nothing. And it's super cool. Yeah. I always love it after the holidays because people who got it for Christmas always let us know. They're like, oh, I got it in my stocking. It's amazing. Uh, so don't miss out on your cup as well. You can go to mybrotherscup.com or roxanneandace.com to order yours today. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. The Lord is so wonderful who he, is, he has allowed us to run into and get to know. I, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Mm. I believe that God just puts someone in our path and that happened with me and a gentleman in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, I've got to know more about this man and his life. And so, wow, what a life. It really needs to be a movie. I hope it is someday. I mean, he was a drug dealer for decades. He was homeless in the streets. And now he's a business owner, has a wonderful family, is active in his church. And it's just a light for God and an advocate for others. Mm -hmm. He's just a wonderful man. And so we are so excited to welcome to the show our friend, Randy Benefield. Hi there. <laughs> Thank you for having me today. And wow, I don't know who you're talking about at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> but I'm not going to meet that dude one day. <laughs> well, Randy, we've known you for a while, and it's hard for me to even think about who you were before Christ. So take us back and try to paint that picture a little bit about who you were then. Okay. Um, well, I, I was raised um, in, in a good home. Um, in my teen years on up, uh, my mom and dad divorced in 76. Life before that divorce was um, a little bit of a struggle. I was carried to church every Sunday. Uh, and every Tuesday and every Wednesday and every time the church doors was open, if we went to clean yeah. the church, we was there, you know, just went whenever church door was open. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, my, my, my father, he introduced me to porn when I was eight years old, um, sitting at the kitchen table. Um, he had his idea of what his young man needed to be. 
and I ain't dead. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't there. I was there for a little while, um, long while, 25 years. Um, time I was 13, I was drinking alcohol and smoking weed. And in school, I just started snowball. I was a smart student up to the sixth grade, and then it just started snowballing going downhill, and I almost didn't graduate high school. Um, Graduating in 83, from 83 to 86, I had like 19 jobs. Um, and thought that that's what your resume should look like. Well, that ain't it. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but God, from the beginning to your end, he, he's there. He's just waiting on you to grab hope. Well, I uh, joined the Army, uh, hoping I could get straightened out. Um, Mom really hoped I'd get straightened out. Mm. I hadn't been in jail or nothing, but I was just wrapped up with the wrong people doing the wrong things, you know, thinking I'm hiding and slipping in, you know, at night. And if I can just get to my room without mama seeing me, I'm going to be all right. Cause mama, mama's always loved Jesus. Yeah. Like I believe mama was born loving Jesus. Just <laughs> mama, Jesus freak. Just mama loved Jesus. Yeah. Always has always will. And ultimately saved my life. Because she had faith uh, in the way she prayed um, and the way she dealt with me. Now, I joined the Army thinking I'd do good in there. Uh, found out they don't test for LSD in the Army, acid. Um, so that was my drug of choice while I was in there. Um, would try anything. Would just try anything before the Army. But they got an Army, I was afraid. Afraid I'd get caught, uh, court martial, whatever. So I was careful in there and only did acid. Um, go figure. Drunk a lot, a lot of alcohol. Just um, got out of the army to be with my family. Divorced soon thereafter. Um, and once I got out of the army, I was, I don't know, it's kind of like I was free. Um, I didn't have to worry about getting court-martialed or going to jail. I just had to worry about getting fired. Didn't right. care if I got fired because I go get another job. So then I got into more heavy stuff. Um, a few years down the road, I got wound up in a uh, marijuana dealing industry, if you will, uh, hundreds of pounds um, that we would work on and, and sell. And uh, that led to meth, methamphetamines, cocaine, uh, stuff like that. And I got to where I was... Um, I still had my intelligence. God blessed me with some book sense. I didn't use it for good stuff, but I did have book sense. And, um, well, I became a chemist, um, mm -hmm. if you will. <laughs> I was making math, and I was good at it. I made good math, um, which is stupid. Ain't no such thing as good math. Right. Um, but we would do stuff like if we wanted to, make fun of somebody because they were tweaking tweaking is you're just spinning out of control you're just can't hold a sentence can't hold a focus we'd put more lithium batteries in it we knew how to juice up the, the concoctions we did good stuff that didn't do that Gerald math you gonna do that right but in in any case um in 2002 um i was making meth in a um in a house, I mean, this girl, I turned to walk out of the room. She hollered. I looked back. A jar of ether, quart jar of ether is on fire. 
on the top. I run over and capped it with my hand uh, to put it out. It went out. I pulled my hand back, fire followed it. I capped it again. I turned to run, bumped the door. I dropped a quart jar of ether at my feet on fire. Um, burnt hair off my face, left side of my head, both hands, my arm, my leg. Um, it was bad. We get outside. Um, we're in the yard. She's running in, getting messed up, trying to save the dope, and I'm trying to put me out. My skin is on fire, yeah. not my clothes. They cut my clothes off of me. My skin is on fire, and I'm trying to put it out. Um, and she's like, you help me, help me. And I'm like, no, help me. I'm on fire. Look at me. I'm on fire. So we, I told her, I said, you go to town. Uh, I got to call the fire department. You co- you go to town and act like you wasn't here. You went for groceries. And when you get back, I'll tell them you wasn't here. And we'll go from there. Fire department shows up, um, start in the house. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's something bad in there. I picked up a cooler and something turned over, something blowed up. But they knew it was meth lab. They ran back to the fire truck. Suited it up and went back in there. I'm laying in the ambulance on the gurney. They're cutting my clothes off of me, and there's a cop standing at my feet. And he's got my driver's license. They handed my bifo. He's got my driver's license, and he's asking questions. Well, like, I'm just burnt. I'm lying out my teeth trying to get out of it, but I'm just I'm burnt. It's bad. And they're like, dude, you got to, you got to go. Meet us at the emergency room. We, we, got to, we got to do the boogie. We got to get out of here. So they carry me to one emergency room. I'm in there, and the cop comes back in. He's questioning me, and those doctors threw him out. It's like he's you. You don't have time for that right now. We got the. Uh, he's in trouble. Um, they packing me in ice, and the doctor told me, and and the other people they're like, um, he's burnt too bad. It, I can't do nothing for him. We're gonna have to send him to a burn unit. They put me back in ambulance and send me to Springfield. This is in. Taylorville, Illinois. Oh, it's in Carlinville, Illinois. Uh, they sent me to Springfield, Illinois, which is like Birmingham to Sylacauga. A little farther. I get up there and like I'm just like, I'm done. I'm 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 busted. The police are there, the fire department's I'm busted. I'm I'm caught. I'm there's no way out of this one. Hmm. Never had had handcuffs on before in my life. And I'm gonna tell you this. I still have never had a pair of handcuffs on. We go in the hospital. I remember the girl putting me in the vat. You know, when you get burnt real bad, they put you in a vat mm-hmm. and they scrub your skin off. Mm-hmm. The the burnt skin. Mm-hmm. I'm in that vat. And the girl's telling me, she's I'm gonna give you some morphine. I said, No, ma'am, you're not. You're not gonna touch me. Not what, not what pain medicine. You deserve what you get. Now you do what you got to do. That little girl was scrubbing me. With tears coming out her ass. Because she knew how bad it was hurting. Right. Would not let her touch me with pain medicine. Would not take no pain medicine. And she gets done. And it's, that's the most excruciating pain. Um, but I told her, I said, you need to go get the doctor and bring him here. I need to talk to him. And he comes in there and I said, doc. I said, man, I appreciate y'all working. I said, bro, I ain't got no insurance. I don't got nothing. I don't even have a job. I I, I got nothing. I can't pay you. So y'all going to have to you know, do something else. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, you ain't got nothing? I said, no. I ain't got a dime to my name. He said, uh, I'm a veteran, so I'm a 
I may get to do something. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to turn you loose. When I turn you loose, you go to the VA. If they won't work on you, you come back here, I'll treat you for free. Doctor ain't never seen me in his life. Yeah. He knew I got burned up in a meth lab. Never seen me in his life. That's God. I know who God is. I haven't introduced myself to him. He's introduced himself to me. Mm -hmm. That was one. When that night, like, I can't, I'm just miserable all night long. I'm going to jail. And my brain is a cop sitting outside the door of my room, waiting, guarding, waiting on me to get turned loose and take me to jail. All night long, I'm just trouble, trouble, trouble. Um, they come in and try to give me medicine. I wouldn't take it. Um, they give me antibiotics. I'd take that. But they, I wouldn't let them give me no pain medicine. Next morning, the nurse comes in. She's like, so we're going to turn you loose this morning. And like, all in my mind, I'm going to jail. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to prison. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to prison. Yeah. And I, I looked, I, I looked some kind of way because the nurse said, look, would you like me to bring the chaplain in here? And I'm like, yes, please, mm. please bring me the chaplain. Chaplain comes in. Um, I think he's Catholic. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But I remembered that chaplain praying with me. And he was praying for peace. And I'm, I remember telling him, I just remember bits and pieces, and it was all where God was at. Mm -hmm. But I remember chaplain praying for peace. And I remember telling him, oh, preacher, I love you, man. I appreciate you, but you get what you pay, what you ask for. You get what you ask for. You, I mean, uh, you do bad things, bad things are going to come to you. But I wouldn't tell him what I did. Well, they all knew what I did. Right. He leaves, and I'm just some kind of way. I mean, I'm just like, nothing scared me as bad as jail. Jail absolutely petrified me. How do you slang dope and you be petrified of jail? That don't make no sense. That's redundant. That, what? <laughs> I was. I was scared of jail. I wasn't scared of death because I thought, in my mind, I thought I could say if I got shot, whatever, got shot, got whatever. I could always, I always had time to say, God, forgive me, just before I died, not knowing what that meant. Yeah. Just thought I was covered because I've been to church before. Well, when I walk out of that room, there ain't no cop. This is June of 2002. Daniel Cobb, that was the most desolate place I'd ever seen. Randy, you should have been dead over and over and over and over and over. So I, I have to ask you, what do you tell others? Because there are so many right now that are on drugs. I, I see them weekly, just high, trying to escape their pain, trying to escape a past they're not proud of. Mm -hmm. And it's the only way they can feel good. And it took you a long time to get where you are. What do you say to others about our Lord? It's appointed every man to die. God knows the time. Mm -hmm. He can extend it like he did Hezekiah. 
for 15 years, but he can also snuff you out that quick. Mm -hmm. I was blessed. God knew that 2003, August the 3rd, 2003, I would turn my life over to him. Within two months, I'm training to be a children's pastor. Mm -hmm. I had two different children's pastor assignments where I would go in and start a children's ministry and then God would move me. I'll be there for a year. God will move me. Those two ministries are still going. That's amazing. God knew my beginning to my end. Mm -hmm. That's what he had chose for Randy Benefield. When that jar of ether blowed up, God could have snatched me right there yep. and Hey God, I'm sorry. Wouldn't have saved me from hell. Mm -hmm. That fire had nothing compared to, to brimstone. Mm. Randy. God. God's available. Yeah. Every <laughs> second. You get to choose. God, deliver me from this hell. Because this hell, every single person that says dope makes him feel good is living in a hell that they'll tell you. Most of the time, this is hell. Yeah, I don't know how to stop. I can't function. I can't stay awake. I, I cannot function without this dope. Did you try? Well, we are definitely glad that he saved you from hell, and we're glad to have you among our family and to call you family. So, brother, thank you for your transparency and uh, just willingness to share and, and for the things that God is still going to use you for. Uh, but thanks so much for your time, buddy. Absolutely. Thank y'all for having me on. Look, we, we do a small group at our house. It's called, I love my life. Mm. If you don't love me, if you don't love your life, come see us. We, can, we will convince you that you should love your life. That's right. Get in touch with Roxanne and Ace. They know how to get in touch with me. I'll bring you here to the house. We'll feed you a good meal. Love God. Love God. He loves you where you're at. Mm. Think of how much more that relationship can be if you will love him. Mm. Amen. Randy Benefit. At least saved my life. At least saved my life. Bless you. Thank you so much. You want to be up on the latest styles? 18 million people talking about this on TikTok. It is all the rage. You have to look no further than your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because I think the one thing, if there is a true dying art form, it is the fact of us leaning on our elders and their wisdoms instead of being influenced by the 20-somethings. No offense, but you haven't quite lived yet. I was an idiot in my <laughs> 20s. I knew nothing, but I thought I knew everything, and I was not going to be told otherwise. When you get to that phase where you're like, okay, yes, I knew nothing then. I've learned a few things. Now dispense wisdoms into me, like hanging out with the older crowd at my church. It's one of my, There's a guy at our church. His name is Robert, just the most chilled guy. He's very soft-spoken, but if you talk to him, he'll dispense wisdoms and fun stories and whatever. And I, I feel like that's what we need to do more of that this year. Well, so I had to know what is grandpa fashion and does that apply to me? And apparently it is gender neutral. So both women and men can do grandpa style. It is tweed blazers, which I love, chunky sweaters, vintage loafers. It is uh, customized clothing. I'm not sure what that means. And slouchy sweaters. That is grandpa style. And people are loving it. 
I got to say, I have a couple of grandpa sweaters already. And I, <laughs> like I used to laugh when my wife would wear her, you know, what I used to call her grandma sweater. And she's like, I love this thing. It's great and cozy. And then I got some cozy ones of my own. And I'm like, you know what? Who cares what I look like? I, I got a beautiful wife. I got kids who love me. I'm good. You know, like I don't have to impress anybody. And there have been times where like I'll go pick up, you know, my kids from rehearsals and I'm still in my jammies. I'm like, who's going to see me? You know? Put a put a fedora on. They think everything from the shoulders down is classy anyway. So I'm just going to put on my grand. I'm going to be that grandpa with my gray hair and, you know, my fedora and dispensing. But, you know, that's just kind of my lifestyle anyway. <laughs> I know that before we get out, we got uh, limited time, but we wanted to always check in on our vibes of the week. So, Roxanne, what's your vibe this week? Damaged but not destroyed. I devoured it in a day and a half by someone you love, Pastor mm, Michael Todd. He's great. He's written a couple books. This one will mess you up. God doesn't want you drowning in shame. Jesus doesn't condemn you. He wants to rescue you. Amen. Amen. And those bruises and those scars and those thorns and those things you regret and all that that piles on you, yeah. God is going to use that in your life to make you stronger and better able to serve him. Yeah. I'm vibing this week on my son. He got a new bass. And so we've been having, you know, that musician bonding time. So mm -hmm. he's been learning stuff that I didn't know about. And then I was like, hey, I got something for you. And when I gave it to him, he like teared up like we had one of those moments. It was beautiful. Aww. So I'm, I'm excited. I was like, we can finally put the band together. So don't be surprised when you start seeing gig dates. It's coming. <laughs> we want to say awesome. thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making this week possible. Make sure you subscribe, like, and follow so you don't miss us in the future. And have a great weekend. I was afraid. You. Love you so much. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.